0: I learned about myself that like with education, that you just realized you have no more coffee.
1: Correct. Well, it was tea. <laughs> oh, I like okay. looked into my mug and like, yep, it's pure disappointment done. on his face. We're pure done. disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Lancelot's Roundtable. It is getting very spring-like outside. We are early March, and we're getting our first little taste of spring, which probably means that we're going to get uh, at least one more bout of snow before we get into permanent springtime. Uh, so I hope everybody's having a good day. hope everybody's enjoying the sunshine wherever you are, if it's sunshining when you listen to this. But thanks so much for listening. I'm happy to welcome to the podcast a really good friend of mine, Shelby Smith. Shelby, welcome to The Roundtable.
0: Hi. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Absolutely. Really thrilled that you could come on. So why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself?
0: Yeah. So um, I'm 33, uh, mom of one currently. Mm -hmm. Um, Born and raised Columbus. uh, Went to... um, OU in Athens, and I have a bachelor's of science in communication studies. That's right. Right out of college, went into HR and then marketing, where I met you. That's
1: where we met. That's where we met. A couple years ago.
0: Yeah. Well, more than a couple now, but (laughs) we'll go with a couple. Uh, And then when that really just wasn't the greatest fit, I um, left the corporate sector and decided that I was better fit for the education Yes. side. So I have been teaching for five years. It's my fifth year. So I'm about to end my fifth year in May. Wild.
1: five crazy, years already. It? It's
0: crazy. And, uh, have my master's now in education, curriculum and instruction from Ashland university.
1: So I didn't know you went to Ashland.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was all online, but yeah,
1: that's your mom, right? Hey, everybody. Uh, Kim's here.
0: Hi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's walking around taking pictures and video I as am. she does.
0: But hey, hey, everybody.
1: Hey. So, um, yeah, so like we met at mm-hmm. a company that I still work for. You correct. left, correct? And you were one of the people that was in the infamous row that I we talked it. about on the episode with Natalie Baldwin,
0: episode nineteen. Go listen to it.
1: Oh, I didn't realize it was episode nineteen. Wow, mm-hmm. good plug. Marketing, You're marketing and communication specialist, right still there Still
0: runs through the veins. <laughs> it's just,
1: just part of the blood. You can't get you know, rid of it. You can't. So let's talk a little bit about those days. I remember when I first started. I was coming from. A local bank mm-hmm. and I was really excited about this job because it was an actual like professional type job mm-hmm. and I remember meeting you you were 90 days I believe is that correct I think so yeah yeah you were get or you were getting close to your 90th day because that was some type of a milestone yes and uh I remember just being like a deer in the headlights
0: I mean like- I think at like 90 days I was still a deer in the headlights let's be honest
1: it wasn't easy uh which I don't, I don't remember, if Natalie and I got into that very much, but I mean, looking back at those memories, it was, here's your clients, here's what you're doing. And when I say, here's what you're doing, it's more like, here's where you'll be sitting and here's your computer, here's, <laughs> here's how you log b- in. a
0: random binder of things that... Oh, that's s- right. You know
1: The binders. We had a lot and of binders.
0: They, they did do a great job of p- pa- pairing you up with a person who had your client before you. Unfortunately yes. for me, all of my clients went... Came from a person who was leaving
1: Yeah, and that's what entirely. that's a, that's like the worst situation that mm-hmm. you could be in in that role is the person that used to support it is gone because there's there wasn't a good knowledge sharing. I guess that's the way I would put yeah. it. So like that person left with the knowledge of how to do mm-hmm. things. So lots of all of the nitty gritty details that yes. for your day to day you just had to learn by mm-hmm.
0: By doing fire. Well, I think a lot of it for me was learned by not doing and then realizing <laughs> I didn't do and then having to do very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a thing where like vendors would reach out and say, hey, we normally have, you know, a program coming through or information coming through for for this program we're running, but we haven't seen it come through. Are we still running that for you?
1: Yeah, that's the funny thing is like, thinking, you, that's literally like a third party and they're basically coming to your rescue and, you mm-hmm. do, and they're being very nice about it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, yeah. you know, we typically would expect to get this form by now and we haven't done it, but we know that you need the, this material over here and it's going to take some days for it to get there.
0: Yeah. I think in the beginning I had to call in a lot of favors for people I didn't even know yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can you run this for me in 24 hours? I promise you'll learn to love me.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's true. But you were really good at your internal network. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you were really good at that. Thank Um, you.
0: I got the hang of it after a while. Yes. And then it just slowly, after I kind of had the hang of it and had been doing it for a while, started to realize it just was not what I was passionate about. It was not Not what what made me happy. It was not a good fit. I loved who I worked with.
1: It's always the people. It's
0: always the people. And what I learned, and I did learn a ton from that position. Yep. And I'm very thankful for that. Um, But the biggest thing I think I learned was the 80-20 lesson Mm. in that in your role, and I try and pass this on to my students all the time because I am high school. Yep. uh, And for the last five years, the constant for me has been seniors in high school. So I've taught a little bit of nine- little bit of 11, some electives, but the constant all five years has been that I have had at least one, um, one course of English 12. So all seniors. And so one thing I try and pass on to them as they're moving into that next phase of life is that they need to look for the 80, 20, Mm -hmm. you're never going to find a hundred percent. It's just not out there, right? You're always going to have some little bit that you don't love to do. Yeah. Uh, I gave an example the other day. I could work with puppies all day long. Right? Mm. It'd be fantastic. It'd be so much fun—just little puppies running around everywhere. But you're still going to have that, like puppies have sharp teeth, or you know they're not mm-hmm. potty trained, or they're chewing yeah. on your shoelaces, and you you know your new Louis Vuitton bag is now covered in slobber. Or... Did
1: this happen to you?
0: <laughs> no. Oh, this is just my sounded like. No, no, no.
1: Life experience.
0: Well, I mean, my dog did eat one of my purses, so.
1: That's cool, just yeah. not a Louis Vuitton.
0: God love Piper. Oh my gosh, I forgot
1: about Piper. Oh, yeah, How's Piper?
0: She's good. She's getting gray.
1: How old is she?
0: Oh, nine.
1: Because you you guys got her before you got married, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Eight oh. or nine. Yeah, I think she's eight or nine.
1: Okay, that's mm-hmm. awesome. I'm glad to hear about Piper. I'd totally forgotten about yeah, Piper.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I try and tell them there's still that that you know little bit that you don't love. Mm-hmm. Love the puppies. Hate the slobber and the sharp teeth and the you know. And so if you have 80% of the job you absolutely love and 20% that you can deal with, mm. then that's golden. If you can find 90-10, that's like the rainbow.
1: Yeah. The Good unicorn way to put that. out yeah. there. Yeah.
0: Um, and so for me, it was when I was at the marketing position that I was in uh, with you, it was the opposite. It was the 20-80. Yeah. And the 20% were the people that I worked with. That yep. was what I loved and what got me in every single day. Yeah but it was the 80% of the actual work I was doing was that 80% I hated. Yeah. couldn't do it. And so in yeah. education, luckily, I have found the good positive 80-20 where it's 80% of the job I love and then there's 20% where you have paperwork and you know, grading essays that maybe are not at the caliber you would like them to be <laughs> or you know, work in progress. Right.
1: And you don't have to write anybody up. That's that's also a cool thing.
0: Yes. That is very nice. Yeah. I mean aside from like sending home emails saying Yeah,
1: I literally thought about that after I sent that said that and I'm like, well, no there's probably some behavior that I mean there's some disciplinary
0: happens. issues, but It's
1: high school. There's probably some discipline that needs to happen. Yeah. Um so let's talk a little bit about cuz I mean from my perspective, you were so fresh out of college that mm-hmm. it's I feel like for you it was probably at least somewhat hard to know and get your bearings around all that. Like now you can look back and you be like, yeah, I wasn't happy. I Maybe I should have made my move sooner Mm -hmm. and maybe I didn't have to deal with all that stuff that I dealt with. So do you think that's a consequence of, okay, everybody, thank you. Uh, Always fun when we have these little like interesting cuts, but I had a phone call from my mechanic and I needed to take it because I needed to see how much the bad news was. So life happens. Life happens. Exactly (laughs) right. So what I was asking you, Shelby, was essentially when you, when this was one of your first jobs that you started, right? Yes. So. I wanted to find out from you what your perspective was on... I'm trying to remember how many years you were there before you left. Was it like three, four?
0: I was there like a little over four.
1: Just a little over four years. So you Mm -hmm. think about... I mean, that's... When you come out of college, things are just like in four-year batches because high school is a Mm -hmm. four-year batch. College is a four-year batch. So do you think that maybe if you... If it hadn't been your first job, you might have figured out quicker that it wasn't a good fit.
0: I think so. I think I had a lot of pressure on myself as well. Yes. Just to make it work. Yeah. I had never really experienced true failure at something and not um, not succeeding. Yeah. You know, and that was hard like for me. Like every
1: day was basically like on some level a struggle oh, to yeah. not Lose my mind. Yeah. Yes. And to and to be successful at what we were doing. Yes. Yeah. Every every day um, was like a battle in that sense.
0: Yeah. And this was before, like I was there before all of the reorgs started. Right. The the multitude of reorgs that right. happened. Uh. At my tail end is when those reorgs started happening. So, yes. uh. You know, we kind of had all of those different deliverables that we had to do that were eventually kind of pushed off to other people, and we had just a core group of deliverables. Um, Yeah,
1: so to kind of describe that to people, so in our role, we were like, we were managing marketing projects, Mm -hmm. which that's kind of a very loose definition to get more nitty-gritty into it. I think a better explanation is like, we were like the gatekeepers to a lot of different things, and it was our job to work with so many different people across the organization to make sure things happen. So we had to be subject matter experts across... Across a very wide variety mm-hmm. of things. So, anyway, t- let's talk some more of just about like that experience for you. So, every single—I mean, we were all in that, like, right? Every single day coming in, the challenges are really high. Mm-hmm. The pressure is really high. You have a date that you pretty much have to meet. You mm-hmm. can't miss any of these dates.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When you do, you get to have crucial conversations. Hashtag so, mail date. Hashtag mail dates. So, talk, talk, just talk a little bit about maybe your journey of, you know, four years you're doing this thing, the people are great, the job is the way that the job is. How did you get to the point where you understood this isn't for me and to make that courageous decision to?
0: Yeah, so I think it's also really important to understand that that point in my life was also a very big turning point into adulthood. You know, Mm -hmm. coming right out of college, when I took that job, I was, you know, 23 yeah, and so still in retrospect, now ten years later, um, twenty three is really young. You know, when I when I was yeah. in that spot, I was like, you know, I'm gonna. I know I'm what's up. I'm grown. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I got this. <laughs> and in reality, that was not the case at yeah. all. Um,
1: yeah. But
0: I was handed a what I considered a good title with a good salary. You yeah. know, we the were thing wh- that we you're looking well, for. Yeah, we were well compensated yeah. and. Yeah. um, you know, I felt like if I couldn't make this work, then I was failing at life.
1: Period. Uh, Period.
0: And because also, if you remember, a lot of the people that I went to college with also had jobs there in those different departments. It was an
1: OU haven. Like people like really came out of OU and Miami Mm -hmm. Miami of Ohio. Mm -hmm. Those were like the two big ones. I think, I don't think we recruit that in the same way anymore, but yes, back then, lots of OU folks. Yes. Can you talk about the comparison factor what do you mean? So, you're, see, that's that's the thing I don't, I think that's really important to notice or to note.
0: You mean comparing yourself to the other people? The fact
1: that, yeah, you went to college mm-hmm. with all these people, now you're in the professional sector with a bunch of people, and there's no end, right? There's no spring breaks. There's no, the quarter's over. So we're I'm going glad home. that you brought
0: that up because that I've re- I realized about myself is I am a person who works in increments mm. in life in general. So I always knew that about myself in terms of like working out, right? If I was yeah. going for a run, not a runner I hate to run it's <laughs> terrible I don't know how people do it or why you do it yeah They're Aaron all right Aaron come on our,
1: our friend Aaron that we used to work with God her and her, her. husband love to run they
0: do they run in like blizzards
1: yeah and we would always scratch our heads at that a little I bit know. anyway
0: I mean they love it and that's good love that journey for them not mine <laughs> it's not, your not journey. my journey um but when I go for a run I always have to tell myself okay I just need to make it from here to the stop sign Mm. Right, and then I get to the stop sign. I'm like, okay, from here to the yellow car, yeah, or one more block around Love the that. track. Yep. So I have to give myself these increments to know that I have reached my goal, yeah. even if it is a very short term goal. Yeah. And there was no end in sight, like you said, there was no end. It was just every day rolling over, yep. um, yep. and your end in sight was retirement, like 35 years <laughs> down the road, and that was a very dark hole to look down for me. Yeah, that's so, that's
1: an abyss to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. So. I learned about myself that like with education that you just realized you have no more coffee.
1: Correct. Well, it was tea. <laughs> oh, okay. I like looked into my mug and like, yep, it's pure disappointment done. on
0: his face. We're done. Pure <laughs> disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So I realized that in education, you have those increments, you know, I have to make it from here until Christmas break. And then I get, you know, some time to decompress and then I need to make it from here to spring break and then spring break to the summer. And then I get to start all over again. I get to look back and say, okay, this didn't work last year. Mm. What did I like that worked? What did I like that didn't work? You know, what can I tweak and then move forward? Fresh, new faces, new people. Yeah. Um, you know, new minds to mold, Yeah, all that kind of stuff. So it is very increment driven yeah. in education and that works for me. Yeah. So at that point in time, there was no end in sight. And that was really hard for me to, to kind of get through. And there was this constant comparison, which I also think is part of a maturity thing yes, that I was 100%. in that, in that age where everyone else is doing it. Everyone else is winning. I have to do it and win too. And so, Um, and these were people that I was close to in college, not just random people that went to the same university as me, but people that I spent time with in college. I was friends with. Um, so there's that wanting to save face, not wanting to, you know, be the one who bows out kind of situation.
1: Which is really hard to your point at 23, because you just, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And it just would be so hard, like, I mean, I can just, I can totally just picture that, see that in my, if that would, if that had been my experience, just, oh, everybody else seems to be doing great. What's, why, why can't I, why can't I? Right. And that being just a question in your face. Right. Would be exhausting. Yes.
0: So I think also, like, different teams were, were functioning differently. 100%. Um, yep. You know, depending on who you had in your upper levels um, and who I had in my upper levels that were kind of helping me manage really dictated my success. Um, You know, Laura Giddings was one of those people that was super inspirational to me and very supportive for me and supportive of me during a time that it was really difficult for me. And so with her support and guidance, I kind of made it through a rough patch. And that's when I was promoted to senior. Yep. Uh, at that point, which was kind of the next, yeah. Because remember, level. there was. The,
1: I it's so funny you bring that up, and that instantly brings back memories. Mm-hmm. Both of those things that you just brought up, like uh, the the pressure. T- there was there was like an un well, I don't wouldn't even say unspoken, but there was definitely a pressure to get to senior, mm-hmm. and there was like a like you kind of expected to be able to get there within a year, give oh, or yeah. take a couple months, and if you didn't. It's kind of like, why? why? Well, and
0: not to mention that when I first started, everybody in program management had told me, and this was like a direct quote from multiple people, if you can make it in program management for a year, you can make it anywhere.
1: That was like well known across the company. If I he, mean, and across
0: other companies, like yes. they were basically like, if you can make it at this company in for this a year role. in this specific role, then you can do, you know, you can conquer world peace. Yes. So, i mean that's that was a well known fact, so it was the, 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 that added pressure and then to know that it was something of a feat in itself, yes, to just conquer the role, but yes, it was you want to make it to senior, you want to get the laptop <laughs> <laughs> that we was talked the,
1: about that with natalie's yeah. like that way back then having a laptop was a uh, uh, definite mark of success and oh, like you've sure. been there because there was there were a couple seniors i didn't even remember that that did have laptops and basically meant that you were good to travel because you remember mm-hmm. back then we did we did mm-hmm. do traveling if there was audits, a, yeah, yeah on-site audits and reissues we would go to the processor and yep. audit things and that was a mark mm-hmm. uh that, especially yep. like the first time that you did it like mm-hmm. that was like oh you've got I've your little it. merit badge now yep yeah i made wild. it in this role.
0: So, so yeah, yeah, with, with some, some good management in place at that point in time, I was able to kind of make it through, learn what I was doing, get my bearings, um, uh, people that came in and, and saw that things, the way that we had been doing them weren't working mm-hmm. kind of making some adjustments for us. Which was um, huge. Yeah. Because I got one client specifically and Steve, do you remember Steve?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes.
0: Yes. So Steve was my manager at that point. That's and, right. Um, for a very short period of time, but he handed me this client and he said, this is going to be just, you know, collateral maintenance is Mm -hmm. what he said. No big deal. You're just going to send in a collateral order for new issues once a month. Like no big deal. Yeah. And we had expected to have 4,000 new accounts that first month. Mm -hmm. And so we only bought enough collateral to issue, you know, four or Mm 5,000 give or take. And, we turned around the next month and we had 40,000 new accounts. Yep. 10 times what we were supposed to have and we had no collateral. Yep. And it was like a four-week turnaround for credit cards to be made.
1: Which is fast. Right. In In today's terms, that's a very fast turnaround for a was it four, Was it four? It was usually like Twelve. four to eight weeks. Okay, I was going to say. That was a at normal At one point time it
0: point. got up to like 12.
1: Yes, there was a supply chain issue mm-hmm. and it got to like 12 to 14.
0: Yeah, so weeks. that became a very stressful client For me, very, very quickly. And it was supposed to be like my easy peasy.
1: Yeah. And then it just becomes this monster. Mm -hmm. And there's, it's really hard to pivot. That's a fancy, fancy buzzword. It's, it's, it's really hard to pivot because you're saying this client, well, you can try saying this client is actually really, really, really difficult. And, and, but there's this history. No, it's not. No, it's it's all, all you have to do is just this Mm -hmm. little bit. I'm telling you, it's drowning me. Oh, you'll be okay.
0: Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, there were a lot of things that I think not necessarily were like already against me, but things that made it a little bit more difficult for me to acclimate to Mm -hmm. the position in itself when I first came in, you know, after about two years, I felt confident, okay, I know what I'm doing. I can do this. Um, And I think that's really when I started to find myself as a human being and an adult and know what I wanted and I liked and I didn't like that was when my husband and I really started um, taking things a little bit further in our relationship. We got engaged mm-hmm. um, and it was right before I decided to leave that role that we got married. Right, And so God bless my husband. He loves me so much. We got married. I locked it down. And then yeah. two days later I quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> made sure i had that locked down yeah um
1: yeah by the way
0: (laughs) p.s i no longer have income so i mean that was a challenging time in life in itself and i actually stayed for three weeks after i gave a you know two weeks notice but i stayed for three three weeks and i really worked super super hard during those three weeks um to pass michael the binder
1: yeah, that was pass your book of business. Yes. in a really good way. In like a really you were, good way. You were really, you were really focused on making sure that you set
0: someone your successor else up, up yes. for
1: success. Yeah. Yes, that was a big deal.
0: It was a huge deal for me because I knew what it was like to just be past something that was nothing when you first started, and yep. uh, the clients that I w- was passing on were ones that were active mm-hmm. every month with multiple programs they were running and very specific, intricate you know, idiosyncrasies that they wanted specifically for that client. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure that whoever was getting those clients was prepared mm-hmm. in what they do every month. And so I worked really hard in those three weeks. And I remember the day that I left, you all walked me out to my car. Natalie, you, Aaron, Jen, Ryan, yep. all walked me out to my car and I was sobbing.
1: Well, it was a, it was a hard, because we were all so tight. Mm-hmm. And like we, it like makes
0: th- me choke up now thinking about it.
1: Yeah, well, we we went through like because we all like struggled in all of our ways that we struggled with all the clients that we were supporting, and we all like went through growing pains together. Mm-hmm. We went, we did lunches together, mm-hmm. we we vented together, we talked about how we were struggling, and our, we were close with each other. Like we would go out, mm-hmm. you know, you, myself, and our significant others would yep. all get together occasionally and yep. like have a good time. like, we'd go to do happy hours. So it wasn't just like coworkers. It was like,
0: we were friends. We were
1: besties. Mm-hmm. We were work besties. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I remember walking you out and like, it, it felt like a shot to the gut mm-hmm. to all of us.
0: It felt like a real goodbye. Moment. Yeah. You know, going from every day, okay, we're in this together. At least I have these people to yeah. help me through to really be like, okay, I'm on my own and I have no idea what I'm going to do next. And all of these people are not going to be right there, Yeah, you know, a cubicle over.
1: So, yeah, let's, well, I mean, let's talk about that because I don't even think I knew that. You didn't know that you were going to go back to school at this point. Oh, no. It was like a clean break. You just mm-hmm. knew, okay, this isn't I knew this, this wasn't for it me. for me. Yeah. And you're in a huge life transition. Mm-hmm. You just got married.
0: Let's mention that the week that I got married, I also bought a home.
1: Oh, that's right. So, I
0: signed my mortgage, you know. Which if you've the never gone house.
1: through a mortgage signing before, you don't you don't know the full extent to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. When you cuz it's a it's a giant book of things to sign.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and you're signing your life away. I mean, it's basically saying, "We will take your life if you don't give us our mortgage payment."
1: <laughs> yes. Exactly, right.
0: <laughs> it's really scary as a first-time homeowner.
1: You, you almost feel like. like I should have I should have like I should have secured myself a lawyer to go through these documents right. with me. I
0: am not smart enough to be looking at this no, uh, myself. Uh, yeah. by so, myself.
1: So that's your first home buying experience? Home buying
0: experience. We we signed um, on wow. one Friday and mm-hmm. moved in that weekend, and then we got married on the following Friday.
1: Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Which I don't
0: recommend anyone doing, <laughs> buying a home and planning a wedding at the same time. It was the Note worst idea. Self,
1: <laughs> folks out yes. there don't do that timing. don't do it
0: don't do it just two separate times
1: but your guys's wedding was really beautiful. we got oh, to go you. to your to your wedding
0: Aaron was in my wedding
1: that's right Aaron yeah. was in your wedding um and we had our second we were talking about this mm-hmm. before we started recording our second child Connor the uh, boy he he had just been born, so I was that holding I was like less him. than a month yes, I was holding him during the whole ceremony mm-hmm. um, he was
0: wearing a tuxedo onesie oh I remember oh so Wow cute.
1: I never would be able to remember that that's mm-hmm. a that's a mom memory yes it is um, yeah so it was it's fun like we had that wonderful memory and then mm-hmm. yeah so so you literally went from job to no job house responsibility marriage mm-hmm. tell me about the transition.
0: So it was really hard for me because Mm -hmm. it was the first time that I had ever been without a job since I was like 16 years old. Mm. And I grew up in a family where it was instilled in us. Don't quit your job until you have another job to fall back on. And so it felt like a really big failure that I was leaving without anything to fall back on. Jeez. And so it was really hard. And I admittedly, I spent a couple of weeks, maybe months on my couch, just kind of wallowing in my sorrows. Yeah. Um, trying to figure out if I didn't like this, what would I like? And I applied for a lot of jobs that were very similar to Mm -hmm. what I was doing Mm -hmm. beforehand. And I kept having these conversations with my husband and with my sisters and my friends, like, why are you applying for jobs that are the same as what you were doing before? If you didn't like that, then we need to find something different. So
1: how did you answer that question?
0: So I couldn't answer that question. I don't oh, know. That was my yeah. answer. I don't. I don't know why I keep applying for these jobs. Yeah. You know, it's the exact same job I was doing before. But that's what I felt like I was qualified to do. Um, yeah. With a communication studies degree, right. and then this experience, this is what I felt I fit into cookie cutter wise. So I decided that in the interim, when I was trying to figure out, okay, I'm not going to apply for any more of these jobs because clearly I don't like it and it's not a fit for me. But I need to figure out what I'm doing, and I need to make some money in the process. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom, who has been in the education field for now 25 years,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: had said, you have a bachelor's degree, come and substitute teach while you're trying to figure it out. It's a daily, you know, paycheck or daily, you know, pay. It's easy. You can, you know, you can do it. Yeah. And then you can have time to figure out what, what you're what you want to do. And so I started doing that. And honestly, when I was going into college, I had thought I really like education and every aptitude test I took in high school said, you know, teaching was one of those yep. on the list. Yep. Uh, and I did junior achievement when I was working at our organization. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that at mm-hmm. all? So it was a business class essentially that you went into different middle schools and you taught once a week a class to like sixth and seventh grade. You did that while
1: you were at the company. Mm-hmm. I didn't I don't remember that.
0: Yeah, and I loved it. I taught at New Albany Middle School. Mm-hmm. And one other one, and I it's escaping me right now. Um but you taught them about credit and, you know, all these different, you know, economics, just basic. And they Very gave important
1: you, for kids to, to mm-hmm. learn about. They gave
0: you a curriculum. It was the junior yeah. achievement curriculum, and you just went in and taught the pre-planned lessons. But yeah. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then I started substitute teaching, and I fell in love with it all over again. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, if I love being in a different classroom that's not my own with new kids every day, then I would really love to have my own space with kids that I could really build a relationship with. Yeah, um, And that's what I loved about it, you know, was building the relationship with the kids and joking around with them and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I, I tried the elementary school. Mm-hmm. I, I subbed in elementary for like a day. Mm-hmm. And I was, this is not for me. The little people are not my forte.
1: Did you substitute Mm-hmm. In In elementary? Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah, I subbed a couple of days in elementary, and it was just not,
1: it was <laughs> I, not where it was at for me. I can't. I would have a hard time, too.
0: Yeah. Um, love my own little person. hmm And, you know, other people. I do love children.
1: Maybe in smaller yes. groupings.
0: You know, I just don't do the whole, like, Tommy's touching me and snotty nose and, you know, hold hands while we take a potty break. And that just was not where my... Yeah. My groove was. Yeah. Your niche. Um, Yes, my niche. And then I tried middle school and I was like, okay, this is a little better. Mm -hmm. I like this, but they're very like emotional. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one kid had made fun of another kid and said that the other kid thought that I was cute and embarrassed him and he started crying. And then I felt like I don't know what to do because if I like go over and I console him, then it just makes it worse. if I don't, then I feel very cold hearted. So it was just a very awkward situation for me. Yeah. And then I found high school, and I was like, these are my people, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, They got my humor. I could tell them to just go away for a minute when I needed a second. Um, And this
1: is still just you're substituting, just mm -hmm, figuring stuff out. Just figuring it out. Wow.
0: And so then I started looking into programs of how I could get my teaching license, Mm -hmm. and that's when I found Ashland University's Bachelor Plus program. Mm -hmm. And uh, they worked with me in the classes that I had for my undergrad Mm -hmm. because – Again, while I was an undergrad, I took a lot of educational electives because it was something that I was interested in.
1: Interesting.
0: And I really felt like, and I think I've told you this before, I feel like looking back when I was in the corporate role, there were different points throughout where God kept saying to me, you're on the wrong path. Mm. You're on the wrong road. You need to turn right. Mm-hmm. And there were different points where it would be very very clear like you need to turn and I would just say nope I got to make this work I started yeah. on this road this yeah. is the road we're taking there yeah. are no alternates yeah and then eventually it got to a point where he just put a dead end yeah and he was like nope you only go right yeah and so then when I turned right the road was a lot less bumpy and a lot more enjoyable wow. and it was really hard because when I started going to school um back to school Mm -hmm. I was substitute teaching full-time so five days a week Mm -hmm. and then I decided I was going to coach cheerleading oh that's right I
1: kind of remember that yeah Yeah. so
0: I was coaching some of the kids that I was um, subbing because I was a long-term sub Mm -hmm. and I was also working uh, at roosters at that time I was waitressing. that's right you went back
1: to do Mm because you you had done that in past life Yeah. yeah
0: Uh, so I went back just cause it was extra money and you know, yeah. I had a new mortgage and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So I was working effectively like three jobs yeah. and then going to school full time for a year and a half. So it was a grind for sure.
1: When did you go to classes?
0: Um, so it was a lot of like very self-paced, but it was all mm-hmm. online. And Got so it. I would kind of get the syllabus and it would say, these things are due, you know, this week you need to read this and then this paper is due on Sunday and you Got have it. a discussion board post and two responses kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So nights, weekends when I wasn't um, at a game or at a, at a practice, yeah, that was when I was doing the work.
1: So what did it feel like? Did you feel like motivated? Did you just get into a, a, a like a groove and just head down?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I saw the end. I saw what I could have at the mm-hmm. end and that was really inspiring to me. Plus mm-hmm. what I was re- learning, I really loved yeah uh so that was that was so did you
1: were you like really enjoying the content of the classes mm-hmm. that you were taking
0: yeah because i didn't i w- had so many credit hours from my undergrad in English, yeah I didn't really have to take a ton of English classes more of it was you know my methods and instructional like the pedagogy type classes yeah. um, that I had to take, so I was really learning what like, does
1: that word mean <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was learning how to, while touch. you were
1: talking, I was searching my brain and then I realized, nope, like I'm not going to find it.
0: Rotary of, yeah. Um, so basically the, the method of teaching.
1: Okay. Um, Got
0: it. I was, I was learning how to teach, not necessarily what to teach, mm-hmm. but, but how to go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, different protocols that mm-hmm. we use activities that you can do with the kids to get to a deeper level of learning and you know, those types of things. So creating lesson plans and what goes into that and what is a 504 plan versus an IEP plan and, you know, different things that you need to know on the day-to-day when you're in the classroom. Yeah, I will say the best preparation for having my own classroom was being in classrooms as a substitute teacher that I couldn't get in a classroom on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just the experience of being with kids. Yep. Uh, So, I mean, learning classroom management was huge for me.
1: Tell me more about classroom management.
0: You know, creating an environment where you are the authority of the classroom, but Mm -hmm. then you also are creating an environment where students can lead their own learning. Mm. So I am kind of the facilitator. Yeah. But I'm also the authority of what happens in this classroom. So I am responsible and liable for all of the 30 bodies in my classroom right now. And I have to be able to assert myself as that authority in that classroom. And so effectively managing the behavior of my students is something that some teachers struggle with. It's something that some teachers come into naturally. Mm -hmm. And every year it changes. And every class period it changes. Mm -hmm. My methods for every class change because it's a different set of students and it can change if a couple of students are absent that day or you know I get students that I have to watch for another teacher who's out that day right I have to cover a class for another teacher and so I get additional students in so you have to be constantly willing to adjust Mm -hmm. based on what's going on in your classroom
1: got it and
0: Not every day is me sitting in front of students and lecturing to them and they're just silently taking notes, right? It's you're doing gallery walks in your classroom and you're doing interactive activities where they're talking to each other or, um, you know, doing group work or reading aloud. And so being able to manage their behavior along with instilling the content Mm -hmm. and developing the content um, is its own separate skill. No say. doubt,
1: no doubt. So, when you're substitute teaching, are you only doing certain subjects?
0: No, I was in I was in every subject. Every subject. Um, most of the time, though, it was they already knew what they were doing. Okay. And I was just kind of there to manage, collect everything yeah. that they were doing. Makes sense. You know, I wasn't really responsible for teaching content, especially mm-hmm. in high school. Mm-hmm. More so in elementary, you might be like going through specific activities with them. Yeah. But it was kind of pass out a worksheet. You know, now when I'm out and I have a sub in my classroom, everything's electronic. Mm. So I say, check the agenda um, on Google Classroom or whatever platform we're using. Mm -hmm. And so for my notes for the substitute, you know, their agendas are on the virtual platform, have Mm -hmm. them check it, and everything is hyperlinked to the documents. They can turn it in electronically. So they just have to kind of like sit there and watch the kids, make sure that they're not murdering each other.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that's fair. When you were going to school, did you figure out what you wanted to teach?
0: I always knew I wanted um, English.
1: Y- okay. You always knew from, mm-hmm. from day one.
0: But I did have to decide what level. Um, and I chose seven through 12 because that was where my niche was. My niche.
1: Your niche. My niche yes. was. Um, was, it, was it? Well, we can get into that in a second. That's a, that's a later question. I want to know. So I'm, I'm just picturing you, you're newly married. Mm-hmm. which is its own challenge. You have you still have responsibilities, house payments and everything else. Mm-hmm. Tell me about how the relationship stuff worked out. Like how 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 did your new marriage survive. how was it during this time? <laughs>
0: how did it survive? Yeah. Um a lot of grace, uh-huh. I will say, um from my husband, a lot of understanding that you know, I yes, had quit my job and put us in a financial more of a financial burden situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think he really saw and understood that I was trying my best to contribute as much as I could to our financial Mm -hmm. um, goals and our financial situation. So he was very understanding, um, provided a lot of opportunity for me when he could to have kind of space to To get my stuff done. And um, kind of, he took on a lot more than I was able to at that point in time. So I have to give a lot of credit to, to my husband. I had amazing support from my family and my friends mm-hmm. whenever I kind of needed something, uh, you know, but it was really just time management and oh, yeah. it was just a grind. So yeah. he understood that and was very, Supportive, yeah, throughout that whole thing. But it was hard. I mean, yeah. we had to make some financial choices. And looking back, we both say that it was only by the grace of God that we were able, you know, to make it. And for some yeah. reason, we never. It never got to a point where we couldn't pay a bill, yeah. which was very strange because, you know, I was making a good salary mm-hmm. that I right. just left.
1: That you, it's not. A, it's it's the type of salary that's not easy to replace.
0: Right. It's not. It's not easy to walk away from. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I I cut our income pretty much in half, mm-hmm. and somehow we we you got through the we period. got we got through the period. Whether I mean it, there were some things that were divine in those in those months. Like mm. you know, we would get a refund check for something that happened to be very similar to a random bill or an increase in our water bill that we weren't expecting. And oh yeah, those things that we couldn't really account for, yep. but um, you know. My husband and I are Christians, and so we attribute that to, um, you know, just God looking out and yeah. and being a part of our lives and yeah, and that kind of stuff. So, it was hard. Yep. But I think it actually helped us in our marriage. Made we, you we, stronger. We yeah, we got a lot closer. Mm. We learned how to manage things together. Yeah. So yeah.
1: When did when did your daughter come in, come into the picture?
0: So she came in, I got my job with my current district and then at the end of that first year of teaching, I found out I was pregnant with my daughter. Got it. Um, And then I delivered her the beginning of my second year teaching. Mm -hmm. So I always laugh and like joke with my colleagues about how I've never had a full actual like (laughs) normal year of teaching because my first year um, I had some wonky stuff going on at the beginning. And then I had I had gotten pregnant with my daughter and I was super sick all of the time, mm-hmm. um, you know, from February until May, which mm-hmm. was the very end of that year. Mm-hmm. And then the second year I was out for 12 weeks on maternity leave. I was like waddling around like a penguin, <laughs> you know, for the first couple of months of school. And then I was out for a while. So that wasn't really a normal year. Yeah. And then my third year in March, everything shut down. Yeah. Um, so
1: shut down COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So my first year was the seventeen eighteen school year. My second year was the eighteen 19. third year when I had come back from having my daughter, um, was, I was like, this is going to be my first normal year. Right. I got it together. Oh, I know what I'm doing. I know what to expect. And then March happened and it was like, okay, we're going on spring uh-huh. break. And then it was like, just kidding. We're getting an extra week of spring break. Woohoo! And then it was like, can we come back yet? <laughs> yeah. We have to still have to be inside.
1: Oh, gosh. Still have
0: to be inside. That
1: sounds awful.
0: And so then we started teaching the rest of the year virtually Yeah, uh, from home, which was hard in itself. We were living with my parents at that point because we had decided to sell our home and build a house. And so, you know, teaching from home with my toddler and my parents... All in one house. Yeah. Um, and my mom is education as well. She was home all day, every day.
1: Your mom's not at the same school. No. No. Hmm. What, what does she teach?
0: Uh, she's actually the principal secretary. Oh. Yeah. So oh. she like runs stuff. Run Anybody who's stuff. in education knows that like the secretaries run stuff.
1: Okay. Got it. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and she, she did that your whole life? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you, I mean, you had like a window into education mm-hmm. during this whole time. So that makes sense. So- yeah, I mean, I'm just fascinated by Well, okay, so let me back up. We had a really hard year in 2019, and it is miraculous that we made it out of that time and then the aftermath of that trying to pick up the pieces of that 2019 year. Mm-hmm. Kim's health got really bad in, during that year. And then and then there was a lot of financial impact that happened on the back end of that. So it is really amazing the support that we had and however we made it through that is definitely divine Mm -hmm. because we shouldn't have made it through that. So it's really fascinating when you think about the hard times that you walk through, that you go through, you really need to look and see where you're being protected Mm -hmm. and and where, um, yeah, that it could be, it could be worse.
0: Yeah. Where that grace is being extended. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: So tell me more about, um, yeah, just the adjustment.
0: So then my, my, so my third year, we, you know, back half of that year, March to May was all virtual. And Mm -hmm. then we started the year, you know, 2020, all virtual. Mm -hmm. Um, So go, you know, started that year at my parents' house, moved into our new house in November, Mm -hmm. was still all virtual. Um, When I was supposed to come back to school after kind of the, we're going back hybrid Mm -hmm. learning, hybrid learning, uh, my husband got covid Mm -hmm. And so I was home for 14 days, again, still working from home. So it was like, oh, yes, I get to go back to work. No, I don't. (laughs) Uh, So that was a hard blow. But then that fourth year of teaching, so my last year of teaching was um, a hybrid. So I had a handful or more of kids in my classroom, Mm -hmm. and then I had the rest of them virtually on Zoom. Mm -hmm. So I had my classroom set up kind of flipped backwards. I had a big um, what are called clever touch or smart touch um, boards in the back Mm -hmm. and I would have, it was like giant computer screen essentially is what it is. And so I would have my kids on zoom pulled up and I had my desks for my students turned to the back of the room Mm -hmm. and my camera at the very back of the room. Uh, so I could see my kids on zoom and my kids in front of me at the same time.
1: Oh my gosh. And so having
0: to manage working with students virtually online, manage like a chat room that's going on on zoom and then manage students in the classroom and trying to give one-on-one attention to those students in both realms Good was gracious. incredibly difficult. And there were a lot of districts that even uh, went on strike because they were like, this is not manageable, right? The this teachers- is, It sounds
1: like you're doing three jobs at
0: mm-hmm. the same time. It was really, really hard, uh, to do both. And, um, but we gave, you know, we had to give the kids the option. They have to get an education, and yep. a lot of people, it's they still weren't comfortable coming back into the building. Yeah. And then to do all of that fully masked, right? You know, and it was it was.
1: Did you guys have probably like the plastic most challenging partitions room? between people.
0: No, no, they had to be every other desk, sure, at least. Um, and you know, maintaining six feet, all that kind of stuff. So it was really, really difficult. It was hard. It was hard for the kids. It was hard for us. Well,
1: that's what I was going to say. What have you, what do you feel like you've noticed the psychological impact on that age group going through COVID?
0: It's significant. The psychological and the educational. So hmm. part of it was that um, I taught to black screens 90% of the time because they would not turn their camera on. It was hard. Hmm. Um, you know, I would just see their little name. So there were kids that came back to school this year and they're like, hey, Miss Smith.
1: hmm you're like, I don't know who you are. I don't are. know who you
0: are. Because you never yeah, saw them. I am so-and-so. And I'm like, oh, that's what you look like. Wow. Right? So, it. I mean, it was crazy them coming back this year and, and getting to see who they are. But I couldn't tell if they were asleep. Yeah. You know, I would have to yell their name a couple of times before they might respond in the chat. Yeah. Um. But. Oh, you know, in
1: the chat. So not even in a microphone. Very
0: rarely. Very rarely would they. Um,
1: I just, that just sounds like morale in the gutter
0: mm-hmm. it was it was it was really hard for them Jeez. because it's a lot of a lot of self-management and, and personal right. responsibility that they have to take and waking themselves up and getting themselves to their zoom class and you know not having their favorite netflix show or you know there would kids be kids that i could hear when they would unmute themselves every once in a while i would hear their um video games in the You'd background you hear the clickety
1: clacks <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know the you actually, you'd actually the,
1: hear the audio of uh-huh. a video game, and yeah. would, you, would you hear the the, the controller mm-hmm. noises? yep. Oh, wow.
0: Yep, and then I would have kids that were really funny, and they would say, I'll be right back. I'm going to go cook some eggs.
1: What? In the middle of class? In the middle of
0: class. Uh, no? I just, I, I mean,
1: like, <laughs> I can't picture it. It's been a long time since I've been in high school. I can't, and I was homeschooled, so... It was a lot. You had to do things like on your own, mm-hmm. like self initiative and everything. But I, I can't imagine just being told, yeah, you're not allowed to come back to school, and then being home every day, especially if you're like in your room or something. Mm-hmm. So then you spend the whole night in your room. Then you spend the whole day mm-hmm. going to school in your room, and then. Are you,
0: so I really tried tried to encourage my students to find a different place in their house smart. that wasn't their bed. Yeah. Um. Because when I am in my bed, I want to nap. Yes it's like my bed is for sleeping, yes, so a lot of them have that same mentality, so they would wake up at eight o'clock in the morning and join my class, and then I would hear them snoring,
1: oh my God, or they
0: just wouldn't be there yeah. at all, yeah, or it would come the end of class, and it would be time for them to switch and log into their next class, and they would still be lingering on my screen because they were asleep and hadn't so then I would have to like kick them off, yeah um so it was really hard, it was hard for us to encourage the kids and to inspire the kids and to keep you know, on track with them, but there was this like social, emotional drainage that happened with them. It just, they need to be with each other. They need that social aspect, that interaction and they weren't getting it. And it was really, really hard. So we came in this year knowing that we had a deficit of learning to fill.
1: No doubt. Early on. So, like, what's the situation now in in the schools? Are are you still, like, is it still hybrid? Is it still masked?
0: So, at the beginning of the year, um, we gave students an option to do a virtual academy, Mm -hmm. um, which was essentially they would be all online, but that would be managed by a separate group. Got it. Um, So, I was only responsible for the kids that were in my classroom. Got it. However... If there were kids who weren't doing what they were supposed to and keeping up and, you know, after the first quarter they were failing, um, that kind of stuff, then they were removed from the virtual option and brought back into the building. Got it. So we don't have very many, if any, that are still in that virtual option. I mean, it's a very small percentage, a lot smaller than it was at the beginning of the year. Got it. Um, And so we've had full class Mm-hmm. Full class sizes, uh, and then just this past week we removed the mask mandate, which I'm actually this surprised. Just last week, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm surprised at, at the number of kids who are still wearing masks. I'm also surprised at the number of kids who are wearing masks, like as a chin strap.
1: Yeah, right. Uh-huh.
0: It's right, like, like, what's the point of that? There's just no point. They're like, well, it's in case somebody like starts coughing. It's already too late, dude.
1: So is it is it is it <laughs> a yes. is it a a situation where they're not mandated anymore, but the kids are still concerned? And or or yeah. maybe the is family the is concerned. Yeah. It could be probably both. It just probably depends. A mix. Yeah.
0: Um. I I think it's interesting the ones who just like wear it, you mm-hmm. know, as an accent right. piece. It's an yeah. accessory now.
1: Well, yeah. the, I mean, I'm I'm curious about that too because at this point you have people that have been doing it for two years at the age levels that they've been doing it, and like it. How how much has the mask? And things like the mask, social distancing, just become a part of mm-hmm. right and because normal. well, I How felt long during
0: the day, right, they're doing it. When yeah. I went the first day that we went without masks, which was I think last Monday, kids started coming in my room, and I immediately thought, "Oh my gosh, where's my mask?" You know, yeah. "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. And then I thought, "Oh, wait, I don't have to have it." Yeah, and so there, you know, it was it's it's this mental, and still, I mean, a week later, I'm still like like
1: a type of conditioning that's almost mm-hmm. happened. Yeah, yeah. So even now, like a week later, like it's still thought you'll, oh, Mm -hmm. wait, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I just said, did you hear what I just said? Oh, gosh. (laughs) 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 I mean, I'm just, I'm just picturing it. I can't imagine being 17 years old and like wearing a mask. that be
0: what your learning experience has been for the last two years.
1: Or, I mean, I feel real bad. I think my niece was in this, one of my nieces was in this boat. Senior year Mm -hmm. is when it all went down. Mm -hmm. No graduation.
0: Nope. No prom.
1: Yeah. No prom.
0: Like, that 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 has to mean something. That class of 2020 really, really took it hard. Yeah. And I had a lot of students that were, you know, crying to me on Zoom during classes. This isn't fair. Why did this have to happen to us? Um,
1: yeah. Like that's, I mean, how could you not think that? Like mm-hmm. every class before us has been able to do everything. And now my class doesn't, for some people, that's a really significant deal. Oh
0: yeah. Cause we did have a virtual graduation that they could attend. It was like a drive through. Um, yeah. so there, you couldn't Heard have anybody that. there, but you could show up, you grabbed your diploma, you took a picture and it was all live streamed. Yeah. So your family could watch you walk across the fake stage
1: you have this idea of what this event is going to be like and you earned it. Mm -hmm. Like you spent four years doing work. And there I can just picture like certain kids that I knew that did really good in school. And that was like they worked at it. Oh yeah. And they got devastating good grades and everything it's like i'm i i I did it i accomplished it i'm gonna go walk Mm i I remember i I was homeschooled so i didn't do this whole walking thing but all my friends went to dublin sayota or kilbourne Mm -hmm. so i I went to all their stuff and i just remember like good gracious dublin sayota i think it was like four hours of listening to name calls to get through the whole class something like that but yeah there's just this this thing about I I I conquered this thing.
0: Yeah, it's a huge accomplishment.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. making it through high school and then and then no, you don't get to a graduation. Even the parties, yeah, right? Graduation parties—that yeah. was a huge event back mm-hmm. in the day when you'd yeah. go to all your friends' graduation. But at that parties. point, I
0: mean, you—it was mandated that you could ha- not have more than ten people in an area right. at the same time. So, so no
1: graduation parties, parties. either. Mm-mm. It's so that's so. I'm I'm I've said this on a few different podcasts. We've been talking about this kind of stuff, but I'm. Really curious because I don't think we know the total social impact or anything like that for the generation that went through this, whether it's high school or college, like mm-hmm. just younger people in general, elementary school. Like, yeah. what is the impact? Because two years is a long time, it's a very long time at that age. So, um, so anyway, how much now that the mask mandate is gone, do you feel like what percentage normal does it feel to you?
0: It feels like we're on our way back to a normal. It feels like the whole year that we've been slowly working our way back to what we used to consider normal. You know, there are new things in place now that are the new normal. Mm -hmm. Um, But even that, like the new normal was like back in school, but with masks. Mm -hmm. So the oddball out was the person that like didn't have their mask on in the hallway. And then I would Mm -hmm. be asking, hey, do you have a mask? Mm -hmm. And they would go, yeah, it's right here. And they would like put it on
1: Mm -hmm. reluctantly.
0: (laughs) And, you know, me, I'm always always the bearer bad news you have to put your mask on yeah but it's terrible (laughs) you have to learn to say Mm -hmm. have to pull your mask up yeah so even you know that shift now has kind of thrown a wrench in things where we're just kind of like i'm trying i'm catching myself not telling students do you have have a mask right it's crazy um it's wild but it is it's becoming a new normal and you know getting back to some semblance of what we were before. And that's really refreshing, I think, for a lot of our students.
1: Oh, yeah. When's graduation this year?
0: This year, it's the end of May.
1: End of May. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right.
0: Yeah. So um, last year we had it, but, and it was outside. It was a beautiful day. Um, you know, I think if people felt a lot more comfortable being outside versus being in a confined space. Um, yeah. So that was really nice.
1: Yeah. Okay, last couple questions here. Um, I would love to know if you could sit down with your 23-year-old self (laughs) that's been working where we worked for a year. What advice would you give yourself? Because there's got to be, not got to be, you know that there's people in your position. They went four years to school, four or five years to school to study a thing. They got the job.
0: To realize it's not what they want to do.
1: Yes. What would you say to yourself?
0: I would say, first of all, I would tell myself, it's okay. Mm Mm-hmm. It's okay that you're not you're not good at this thing, or it's okay that this isn't what's working out for you. That's okay, mm-hmm. um, because I think for me it was really hard to get to that point to know that it was it was all right and yeah. it would be okay. Yeah. Um, one, I would say that there is something out there that you are meant for,
1: mm-hmm. you know, that
0: is better suited for you, and it's not. There's no point in being miserable. Mm. Oh gosh, mm. yeah. you know what I've learned is that life is supposed to be happy, mm-hmm. and yeah. if it's not then there are things that can change to make it happier for you. And so it takes a lot of personal reflection Mm -hmm. and taking a deep look inward to see what is the problem. Is it the job? Is it me? Is it, you know, who I'm with romantically? Is it, Mm -hmm. you know, that I'm allowing toxic people to be a part of my life? What Mm -hmm. is the problem? Mm -hmm. And whatever that is, it can be fixed, Mm -hmm. you know, I think a refreshing thought for me when I was in that role was I had to remind myself this isn't the end of the world, Yeah, you know. Yeah. And a lot of times in those roles, because there is a lot of money riding on some of the programs we were working on and some yeah. of the clients that we were working with, it felt like it was the end of the world.
1: felt like you were executing brain surgery on it somebody really and they might was. not make it. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, nope.
0: Right. So uh, what I will tell you, I mean, if you are a brain surgeon or a, you know, cardiothoracic surgeon, then yes, it is a life or death situation. Mm -hmm. In my role, it was not. And I was making it out to be. And so I needed to realize that um, it's a job. Yeah. And life should be so much more than a job. Now, as an educator, that's a huge part of my life. Mm -hmm. And a huge part of my life that I love because I love working with my kids. I love building relationships with them. I love having one-on-one talks where they can come to me and, and cry or laugh or joke around. Or, you know, I used to dance down the aisle ways at, at our building and I dance in my classroom just about every day. I will put on <laughs> 90s music and we will jam out Fantastic. while we're doing essay revisions. What's you know? your
1: favorite song to do this to?
0: Oh, I mean, anything. Whitney Houston, 90s mm-hmm. R&B. Mm-hmm. Um
1: Give me an example of 90s R&B. That's not my genre.
0: What? No, it's not. What? Um, I don't know. You have 90s like- metal
1: was my genre. Oh,
0: dear. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> that's what I say. Yeah. I mean, you have <sighs> Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey. Oh,
1: Mariah Carey. Got it. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, you got uh, Belle Bib DeVoe. Mm-hmm. You got Color Me Bad, All for Never. One. <sighs> Boys to Men. Shout oh, out to Boys to Men. Love, probably threw in some, some like U2 or Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I had a couple. But like nineties, early 2000s was yeah. my generation. It has that feeling. Yes. Yeah. So my kids are always trying to get me like up on the latest little <laughs> no. or no. does something. You know, they're like, Have you heard of the baby? And I'm like, who?
1: Now is this on a compact disc? Do you still have a CD collection?
0: <laughs> no, this is like Pandora or Spotify. Okay, sure. Yeah. So um yeah. yeah, but I'll jam out in my classroom to my kids and just Creating a space where we can have fun and I like to take what I've learned in terms of how I consider what I, that I didn't make it or couldn't make it work at my corporate job. Yeah. I like to, I'm very open with my students about that and that it's okay to fail as long as you try to fail forward. Yeah, so that's a big buzzword yeah. in my classroom is that we try and fail forward. You may have failed this essay, but let's look at how we can revise it to make it better. or let's yeah. take what we've learned from this and move it to the next the next thing. You're not always gonna gonna win at totally. everything. Even those people who look like they're winning all the time, because yep. they failed a lot. It's because they failed a lot. Yeah, um, or they're failing and they're just not highlighting that on Instagram. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, this day in social media, everything is, you know, I get to pick and choose what I want people to see. And that can be very deceiving. Yes. Yes. And dangerous. So, and dangerous. Yes. So, you know, making sure that they understand that everyone has pitfalls. Mm-hmm. And it's what you do with that that's most important. How do you fail forward? How do yeah. you move on from this to make yourself better? And, I love
1: that. I yeah. love that. Um, yeah, I mean the falling failing forward, that's so key. I was such a I can't fail. Uh, I've got to. I've got to get this thing done. It's like what you're describing is a lot of like what I went through when I was in aviation school mm-hmm. at at OSU. When it came to the point where I wasn't going to do it anymore, and mm-hmm. I knew it was incredibly devastating, and I did not go through probably the next ten years very gracefully because um, that was my identity up to that point. Yeah,
0: I actually it, used you as an example in my class the other day. You did. I did. We were talking about, you know. Picking colleges and, under, you know, figuring out what you wanted to do if college was the right thing or what major it was that, you know, all that kind of stuff. And students were asking me questions like, well, if I go in as a business major, but I decide that's not what I want to do, do I have to stick with that? No. Right. right. We, we, t- right. we talk yeah. about all those things. This is your time to f- figure it out. And I yeah. said, that doesn't end after college. Right. And so I said, for me, you know, I worked five years in a genre or a um, area. In, thank you. Industry. Mm-hmm. That I wasn't cut out for. And it took me five years to figure out this is not where I belong. And then I figured it out and I'm so much happier.
1: And you're okay.
0: And I'm okay. And I said, and, you know, I have this friend that I worked with in marketing and he went to school for aviation. And I said, and then, you know, I'm pretty sure right about the time you graduated was 2001. Am I? 9-11. Yeah. It
1: was, that was, so
0: 9-11 happened...
1: Probably a year before I went into flight school. Okay. So I was all like, I can still do this. It'll
0: be fine. It'll be fine. The it'll industrial be fine. The industry
1: bounce back. I can go into debt for aviation. I'm going to be a pilot no yeah. matter what.
0: Right. And it'll all work out. It'll all work out. <laughs> oh, and it boy. didn't. No. And that's okay.
1: And boy, did I need somebody like you <laughs> to be like, it's yeah. okay. It's Here's how plan. you can fail forward. Because I didn't really.
0: Well, and I yeah. said, wait, we had people who were in our wasn't um Starla like a English major or something? Didn't she? I didn't she was, know what she did. I want to say somebody else in that row was like English education or just like an English major. Yeah. Oh yeah. And was working in marketing, you know. Yeah. So I said, just because you picked a path right now when you're 21, 22 years old and you have no idea what you want, In life, doesn't mean that's what you have to stick to. So you were one of my examples as well. That's awesome. I'm
1: glad I could be. And we talked about how successful you are. Oh, thank you. I kind of yes. Um, I you made it. I appreciate that. I did. I well. I think it's more about that providence thing that we were talking about. Somehow the path ended up working out, and it wasn't by my design. It was definitely by, in my opinion, God's design. Mm -hmm. Because I shouldn't be where I am right now. There's so many things that should have taken me out, should have taken us out, but it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. We and we made it and we're here. And Mm -hmm. that's so much to be thankful for. Um okay, last question. What would you say to uh again? Well an adult who's in the situation and they're like, yeah, that's me. I'm doing a thing. I'm not happy. I can remember when I was a teller at a bank in college, there was a lady who came through who talked to me about her husband who was a CPA and mm-hmm. it was tax time. It was like January <laughs> or February, and she's just like, oh, he's, this is his f- least favorite time of year, and me being a college student didn't know anything. I'm like, oh, because of winter? He doesn't like winter? Ooh. She's like, no, it's like tax time, and I didn't get it, and so she like Wouldn't explained it to me. would you
0: think that as a CPA, you would want that to be like your favorite time?
1: Yes, but he hated being a tax person. He hated taxes, and he hated, he hated the profession, but she made a statement because she was older, so I knew that he'd clearly... Was been doing this for several mm-hmm. years. Yeah. He's only got five years until he retires. So he literally did what you described that you didn't do. He just stayed. Kept going. Kept going. And every single beginning of the year, probably just borderline serious depression, mm-hmm. hated life. I can't imagine doing that. So talk, because there is, there is, you mentioned a couple of things. So like the looking inward mm-hmm. and being like, just looking at that mess it feels yes. like a mess mm-hmm. at that point. And then taking that journey to now I know what I want to do. This is what I'm really passionate about. So how how would you advise somebody that's in a situation of looking at their mess? They don't know what the passion is yet, mm-hmm. but how to maybe just navigate through that.
0: I would say start trying things, yeah. whether it's like trying it as a hobby first or, you know, hey, this looks really fun or, you know, a person who's very similar to me is, is, is doing this and really loves it. Let me go see what it's about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, we all have days off. Mm-hmm. We all have weekends. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you work in the evenings or work in the daytime, you have some time in between. We're not working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right. Take that time to do some research and try some new things. And, um, you know, if you are a person that's like, I'm stuck in this career and I have five years, I'm just going to stick it out. Good for you. Mm-hmm. good for you that you're going to stick it out for those five years. What I would suggest is finding something to offset that misery in your job, that's right? That's a good way to put that. So find a hobby, find something that you're interested in, you know, whatever that is for you. Mm-hmm. Find something that's, that's offsetting it and yeah. make it that your job is the 20% of your life. Yeah. So instead of looking at the 80-20 in terms of the full job, look at 80-20 in terms of your life. Yeah, eighty percent of my life I love, and I, I do the things that I love, and I'm engaged in the things that I love. And then yeah, twenty percent of the time I have to go to work.
1: Yeah, and you're okay.
0: And you're okay.
1: Yeah, well, that's good, Shelby. I can't thank you enough for coming on.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. I hope we get to do it again soon.
0: Yeah, definitely. All if right, not, folks. We need to do more happy hours.
1: Yeah, more happy hour. <laughs> happy hour right now.
0: Yay. Let's do I mean, it hour. is two thirty, so it's a little early, but we could. <laughs> we'll make it work. It's a Saturday.
1: It's a Saturday. We can make yeah, it work.
0: We can make it
1: work. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.